Gotta raise them, raise that beat up a little bit. Oh shit! We have increased seizures of illegal. It's got that base, anti-drug base. A dirty war's erupted, sanctioned by the Philippines' new president. His orders for his people and his police: kill them. Yo, I meant anti-drug war base, yo. So, what's up, everybody? It's the Daily Addict coming at you. It's your boy, Tim, and your boy, Dave, and our guest coming in, Mike Biggs from the West Coast. Mm. You know what I'm saying? What's up, Biggs? What up? How's it going? Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. It's all good. It's all good. Much love. Much love. We got some stories here to cover today. We have some things from the past uh, that we wanted to cover. Um. Not so much going too far, but we have this Pottles thing. We, oh, that yeah. was our number one, our one and only sponsor we've ever been blessed to have. Um, we still have some Pottles to give away. We didn't do the best job at giving away all the Pottles. Some came back from Canada. He's still waiting for his. I know. Um, we still have them. Um, I'm not making any excuses here, but I am. We've been busy with other things, but we're going to get back on these pottles. What do you think, Dave? Well, I mean, last month was all uh, the pride month for you, so I understand. <laughs> a lot of marches, a lot of parades you got to go to. My schedule was busy. And why do you think Why do you think I said I was in Italy? <laughs> I was in New York. It's all good. New York Post. First story. Before we get into our first story, let me just tell you that if you want to subscribe to our show, it's very much appreciated. And if you want to help us out, give us a good rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or and you know whatever whatever you use to listen, just give us a good rating because you know that helps the show, and then it helps us bring you you know more of us. So, with that being said. We're going to get right into the first story from the New York Post. And this is uh, crazy. This is quite a story. I mean, you couldn't even you could not write this story. Even if you were the most creative Hollywood writer, you would never think of this. I've thought of things like this, but only not as a something that's feasible. So we got from the New York Post. The Alabama man who authorities say kept an attack squirrel in a cage and it hopped up and kept it hopped up on methamphetamine to keep it surly has been arrested, police announced. Mickey Polk, 35, was arrested Thursday night when authorities conducting surveillance at a local hotel spotted him leaving in a stolen ambulance. (laughs) Not obvious at all. (laughs) After a brief pursuit... Polk rammed into the investigator's vehicle and was taken into custody. Polk was booked into the Lauderdale County Jail on drug and gun charges. Uh, he has additional charges of t- attempting to elude criminal mischief, uh, mischief, receiving stolen property, and a felony in possession of a pistol. He had a forty-five in his waistband when he was arrested. They also seized meth, drug paraphernalia, and body armor. Prior to the raid, investigators heard a Polk keep heard that Polk kept an attack squirrel inside of his apartment. 
He fed the squirrel meth to keep it aggressive, the sheriff spokesman said. The furry creature was released to nearby wooden area in the advice of the state conservation officials, Young said. There was no safe way. Having withdrawals and shit right now. There was no safe way to test the animal for meth. At the time of the raid, a man inside uh, the suspected drug den, Ronnie Reynolds, was arrested on possession of a controlled substance and other charges. So the drugged up squirrel became public and it drew national attention and someone launched a Twitter page for the rodent itself. <laughs> um, that was great. Yeah, dude, this is this Mickey Polk. If you look him up, it's not very hard to find him right now. It's a big story, but um, he's your quintessential Irish gangster or something, dude. He's got a tax squirrel in the apartment protecting his stash. What's going on? He ain't fucking around. He's stealing ambulances, dude. He does not fuck around. Nah, yeah. The ambulance and the squirrel, man, it sounds like uh, some kind of crazy animated comedy show or something, like when you think about those two things. Could you imagine if this was your best friend, though, or something, dude? Could you imagine (laughs) you're like going over, you're like, hey, dog, we're going to go out later? Yeah, man, just swing by and pick me up. Watch out. Watch out for Robbie, though. What do you mean? You know? I gave him a little bit too much today, and he's it's going a little. Up. Yeah, he's surly. He's surly today. <laughs> you walk in the apartment, and the squirrel's looking at you all mean and shit with a little quiver on his lip. Like, <laughs> so, remember that story about that bird we did too? Yeah, they would go together. Good man, they would. You have a bird looking out. I've said this. I, I hate to tell you and brag how good my premonition power was. I said that the drug dealers, the big, you know, the big kahunas, the cartels, they should train the animals in the jungle to attack people when they come up on their shit. I don't know if you got to give a leopard coke or you got to feed a fucking parakeet some, you know. There's some experimentation that needs to be done. There's some things that can happen, I'm sure, but even if they were fake. But yeah. This is um this is something that doesn't happen very often. This doesn't come across the page very often, so let's try to make sure we keep Mickey in our thoughts. What just makes you want to do that though? Makes you want to like, I mean like where do you get the idea? Like you're smoking meth and you see a squirrel and it's like Damn. How do you even get the squirrel to try the meth though? Is it offer it? Are you blowing it in his face? You're like, come here. <laughs> Are you putting that shit uh, well, in that's peanuts? The thing. They, didn't, they didn't test the thing, but then he's convinced that it did meth. Well, how do you know for sure? Like, you just looked at it and. Well, they said it was a rumor. Well, it's kind of like. Squirrel it's... had no teeth, man. Had <laughs> 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 it no teeth. It was a squirrely squirrel. In that case, I'm, I'm sold then, yeah. But can you imagine? I watch squirrels all the time. You see how they, they're like real super fidgety and jumpy? Could you imagine one on meth? Damn. You know what I mean? They're right. already like looking around and fucking Well, my point twitching. is it could have just been like bugging out because it was in a cage and maybe like bit the cop or something or on the finger and he's freaking out. I'm like, oh, it's, it's a meth squirrel. Meth. I don't know. They, they make up stories on the fly a lot, man. So I'm always skeptical about what cops say, especially when they said someone quote unquote told them, you know what I mean? Someone called and had a complaint, you know, part of the, part of the mystique to the story is too, 
when you look at it, you think about this. Like if I'm just telling you this story, I'm like, hey, Biggs, you'll never guess what happened. This guy in Alabama, he trained a squirrel with meth to attack police officers and shit when they tried to come in his house. Not only that, he decided on a whim to jump in an ambulance and take off on that motherfucker and got like three blocks. But he's just an adventurous motherfucker, and you're sitting there thinking. Then I see you the- take off in an ambulance. I can't really put it past him to try to to give a squirrel meth. I mean, it's it's not too out there. No. <laughs> I'm just trying to look at it from both perspectives. Maybe you know? there's a perfectly good reason for it. Yeah, but when you when Maybe. I send you the picture though, then you'll be like, ah. I get it. You see this motherfucker? You're like, okay. <laughs> now I get it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He's, he's, uh, well, this is, this ain't his best picture. He's handcuffed behind his back in the grass with a spotlight going at his forehead. But yeah. Either way. So is this a product of the, is this a product of the drug war, though? I don't think so. You know, is this story. Could it all have been avoided if it if there was no drug war? I mean, if you want to give a squirrel meth, you're going to give a squirrel meth. Right. So do you think they would like use a story like this to make the drug war look like it's working? Like, we want to give you the most craziest. This is national news. This is probably trying to uh, get PETA involved with the drug war now. Dude, that would be crazy if that happens. <laughs> That's like the, a low key strategy. Like yeah, that's a not, lot of stories do involve animals. When you think about it, we, you did the shrimp thing, right? Well, shrimp ain't um, really animals. Though, that that wasn't. Yeah, that was kind of like Peter uh, gives still, a. You still shrimp? That's shrimp. Oh yeah, that's shrimp. Dave's yeah. favorite shrimp. His new favorite shrimp. <laughs> Hell yeah! Which is which is all shrimp apparently now. Yeah, cocaine shrimp is uh, big. They they eat up all the. Jesse explained it when Jesse was on the show. He knew the exact verbiage to use because he's all scientific His, uh, and shit. No, nah, he articulated that theory perfectly. He it did makes total sense. But he's yep. right. He's right because um, I know like when my wife she's doing her um, continued education for pharmaceuticals, and one of the things in there is how it, it impacts the environment when you pass opioids and different drugs through your system and you piss it out into the sewer that makes it out into the open waters, wherever that water goes that it makes it there, you know? Right. Okay. So yeah. He so was, he like was exactly right. No, he okay. was exactly right. So now, well, what not, about, uh, not that I doubted vet- what about the story with the veterinarian and the puppies? Did, did Peter have it say anything to say about that? I don't know how, well, they were Colombian puppies. So it had to be some other, oh, okay. it had to be somebody Columbia else. Puppies don't, uh, Peter's okay. only covering like us people. I think. Oh, okay. Only if they're American puppies. I don't know. I don't know the story. I don't know if Pete even is aware of that. Those are the stories that don't make like national headlines, unfortunately. Right. But these I thought ones, that was one of your more interesting ones, though. Like, definitely caught my ear. Well, I was telling people, I was like, whoa, that's it, nuts. It shows you how deep the people are willing to go to get drugs here because of the value. I was telling people that I knew loved puppies just to purposely see how upset they would be. <laughs> <laughs> And you're I got a couple very, bad reactions. You're not very nice. Yep. That's funny, dude. I let people know what's going on, man. Yeah, not a, people don't. This is like one of those under under the radar things that's only coming back up a little because of the cannabis movement. 
But yeah, I think we just go right on to the next story. This is a big one. This is about the king of snitches. And I still don't know how to say this guy's name correctly. I think it's Baruch Vega ran a scheme that insured Columbia's cocaine kingpins. Oh, that ensnared them. Sorry. And gave him a life of luxury. Then one put a price on his head. So this guy's been through the, uh, they talk about when he was raided, when the FBI got involved, but this guy basically was a spy for the government to spy on the cartels and he tore, he turned around and sold the information back to the cartels and was like a double agent. It was getting money from both sides. This guy was a player or is a player. He still is. I mean, is. yeah. <laughs> Pablo Escobar yeah. gave him more than a hundred million dollars. Just him. You know what I mean? So he was giving them the way to get drugs in here, but he was supposed to be finding out the way that the ways that they were going. Imagine the swag you have to have to talk Pablo Escobar into giving you a hundred million dollars to keep the U S government officials off your back. And he had, uh, man, dude, I'll tell you why he had swag. Like how, how you get away with that? This you got to have not only massive cojones, but like ice in your veins, you know? But think about this though. This is the second aspect of the story. That's fascinating. Guess what his front was. His front wasn't some bullshit ass career. He's a fucking photographer for supermodels, dude. He flies to Caribbean islands on private jets, man, and does shoots for major magazines and for models, man. That's his fucking side gig. He's making a hundred million from Paulo Escobar. And seven million from this guy and some money from the government and just sucking money everywhere else. And he's living like a fucking playboy taking pictures of hot ass chicks all the time. 70 years old. <laughs> living it up. Dude, that's crazy. But he had a, he had a hit put out for him. This is a this isn't just your regular daily addict article, everybody. Um, if you get a chance to check this out, this is actually. It's on Bloomberg Business Week, and if you talk, if if you read this article, it's it's long. It's a very in depth, good investigative uh, journalism at, at its finest here from Bloomberg. It goes right into his whole career, how he started, how he was a spy, how he went back and forth, how they busted him, and eventually, you know, his demise. Um, which I'm not even who's sure gonna, if he's, who's going to play him in the movie. That's what I want to know. Oh, I don't know. Let's look at him again. He was, he was a well put together old dude, man. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say George Lopez, dude. George Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hair, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's the hair. It's the kind yeah. of little frowny look. Little frowny look in that picture right there, dude. Did he even get arrested? Oh. I thought they closed the file because they weren't really sure what was going on. I think they yeah, did say he got arrested, and then they just decided not to do anything. Yeah, because it would uh, bring up too many other. Uh, yeah, because it would have had it would have caused a lot of other people in uh, other departments to get fired, like the DEA and all that stuff. It would have had to basically got expose much, a lot of other agents. You got that much dirt on everybody, man. That's you're safe. Yep, yep. You're safe. Yeah, too much dirt on too many people. Yep, that's crazy. 
Man, he did a lot of shit, dude. He hustled everybody. He hustled from yeah, yeah. from both sides, bro. If you read yep. into this thing, um, he had total he had total control of both sides. He had the he had the uh, cartels in one hand, and he had the U.S. government in the other. And um, he really used his he really used his knowledge and swag to have the best of both worlds there. And then he had the perfect he had the perfect fucking cover. You're flying in a private jet with a bunch of models down in the South America. That shit happens, you know. I mean, that's a perfect cover. And they would come to Miami. And he would, you know, hang out with them there. But his clients, also called informants who paid him bribes, seemed to confirm that uh, the cartel paid him to get information on operations and shared rumors that cops were participating in kidnappings. Another Vegas snitch gave the U.S. information that led to a seizure of 9,000 kilos of coke hidden in the, hidden in the mast of a ship. So he would give certain, he would have to give them certain tips to stay in the program. He would have to, if you're working for the government and you're a snitch, you're going to have to give them some information or they won't, you won't be a snitch for very long. Keep the game going. Yeah. You don't want to be like too obvious on either side. He also talked to other people in the snitching too. He was a. Yeah. You pretty much have to, if you want to get away with it for a long time, right? He was a snitch wrangler. A snitch wrangler. He's wrangling up all the snitches. Let me show you how to bust in style, dog. Yeah, he got paid a lot of millions of dollars. He was a talker. He could probably uh, sell someone uh, ketchup popsicles wearing white gloves. It says right here he was a a snake charmer. Snake charmer. Yeah. He's He's the snake oil salesman of the year of the century. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely had. That's an interesting life, man. That is, I'd like to see that in a movie. Yeah, that would be nuts. Especially some of these stories on here, you'd want to know about how he like outsmarted people. He's getting every time you read about a deal in here, he's making deals for millions. He's not making deals for like, hey, thirty thousand, I'll. Tell you no, he's he's making deals for millions. It says right here today, Vega lives in a in Maui in a modest house near the ocean. The uh, the DEA agent who is now retired estimates the photographer's swindle generated fifty million dollars. But Vega says the total was much less, and he blew it all on wine, jets, and other model related expenses. He says he didn't stash any in offshore accounts despite 20 years of experience doing just that as an undercover money launderer. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have no money. So, no, he's not. Yeah, you're right. He's not in jail. He's living in the beach in Maui, but he's probably doing it smart. If he got away, if he's smart enough to outsmart the government and the cartels, take them both for money and still be living and have a fucking story published where he's living at and everything right now and he's still alive he's a bad motherfucker dude how much longer do you think he'll be alive for now oh I think he's good I think this was all back in the 
I think everybody who he snitched on is probably dead or behind bars by now. Well, one's due out in 2026. Uh-oh. Then there it does goes- kind of sound like if something would have happened to him, it would have by now. But Hey, Biggs, but there goes the sequel to your movie. If they make a movie about this, then the sequel will be when the guy gets out and what happens. Yeah. I just man, just think about it. It has all the elements of a great movie you can think of. The, the drama, all that cash. There has to be some blood mixed in with all that money along the line somewhere. You know, all the mind games and deceptions and the dude. He, you know what I mean? He didn't only have, a couple of car chases. If not, make some up. He had some. Action. He had some wild parties with some chicks, though, man. Yeah, that part too. Who doesn't want to see those kind of scenes? Freaking yacht parties and. He had multiple private jets. Yeah, he, he didn't mess around. But oh well, he's a snitch. He's a yep. snitch. Very rich pimping snitch. Yeah, I'm surprised that he's that he's still around. Honestly, he must yep. be a good talker. It's crazy how he got away with it. Yeah. He must be very lucky. Usually the cartel or the government ain't going to let you get away with nothing, you know, and they both let them get away with something. So that, that says a lot, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, it's time to go to the next story. When they make the movie, we should get some credits on that. Yeah. Because we endorse it. But, Joe, I'm down for it. I'll throw in a book on Patreon or something. Hell yeah, dude. I'll throw some free Twitter shots out there. Get you like maybe two or three views. I just want to be in the like, cocaine scene, scenes. Any cocaine yo, scenes they shoot. Lopez. I got a dollar on his salary. That's going to be a lot. That's going to be a lot, Dave. That's You're going right. to be in most of the movie. That's all right. That wouldn't be a bad deal. Get in there with... uh George Lopez and fucking do some acting. <laughs> Nobody came up with anybody different than George Lopez. He couldn't even he couldn't even act in a serious role. Yeah. Dude, maybe. based on the hair alone, I just I can't argue right now. I can't Hey. I wanna cut anybody if more. They do that, I wanna cut. I wanna cut of that shit. It, it'll be his break <laughs> it'll, it'll be his break into dramatic acting. You know, like Jim Carrey did. One minute he's fucking making goofy faces on Living Color, then he's like crying on the fucking uh, Truman Show or something. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever, dude. I don't. All I'm saying is he could break into some serious shit if he wanted to. Right. Never know. You never yeah, know. Okay. All right. Fuck that shit. Third story. Third and final. This is on MLive.com, and the question is: Are you too high? They got a parachute uh, parachute down with a new pill created by Never. a Michigan scientist. A man who co-invented liquid methadone in the 1970s <laughs> is now betting his retirement on a new line of medical cannabis products in Michigan. Among them is Parachute, a pure CBD pill that dissolves underneath the tongue and is effective within five minutes meant to help rescue someone who has gotten too high. People take edibles and they get too high. It can be, it can be pretty dreadful, said mm-hmm. Stephen Goldner, the founder of Pure Green. CBD is a tremendous, whatever that word is. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
That looks familiar. Yeah, Dave. So you know a little about, uh, about this subject, don't you? Just a little bit about this. The one and only time I took edibles, yes. You would you would have <laughs> took this parachute in the heartbeat. I would have took two of those fuckers, man. I also have been too high. Where my reality was augmented. I I googled how to get on high. That's how high I was. <laughs> this guy don't have a good sales funnel for his marketing then, because you should have went right to the Pure Green website. This might have just came out. I like it. I like it. I like that Stephen Goldner's, you know, coming out with a pill to take people down when they're too high. I think that's a great idea. I think it is too, man, because edibles, you never know. He said if you put it under your tongue, the advantage is it gets absorbed like nitroglycerin. So it goes right into your, you know, within, within minutes it's in your system. For guys that want to take Viagra, we don't tell them to roll it in a joint and smoke it, Goldner said. We don't ask them to put it in a part of their anatomy and set their genitals on fire. That's not how you dispense the product. (laughs) Dude, this doctor is funny as shit. I want to buy some of these just because he's funny. He's fucking awesome. That is going to help a lot of people, though. I think that's a great invention. I think that's just one more thing that you can get out of the cannabis plant that's beneficial that people can point at and be like, that helps me. You know what I mean? But you know what? I got to play dad uh, devil's advocate here. Okay. Yeah. It's also a great product that we can get from cannabis. Cause we all know all the great products we can get from cannabis and hemp and all that stuff. Right. Well, it's but, just one more thing that beneficial thing CBD does is what I should be saying. But don't you think this is kind of like, you know, the salesman selling you, both things that you need just to get that second thing out of you. Like, you know, they sell oh, yeah, you, the, it could definitely be they sell one you of those. the shit to get high, get high Isn't as fuck on this. Yeah. And then here, like then Narcon. You can, Narcan. You get, so you can, you can really, do you think, so I guess the question would be to me, this is a serious question. Do you think this will enable people to try to find the line of where they can get as high as they want to without losing control? No. Like if you have one of these in your pocket, do you say, all right, now that I got one of these to bring me down, I'm going to see as high I can get comfortably high till I lose a little control, then I'll just take this pill. And I think, I think it'll be one of them things like a responsible user would probably want to see, yeah, that, that borderline to, you know, use that to help them find that borderline. And once they know how many milligrams they can take at once, then that they know that's where they're, tolerances or whatnot and then they'll just stick with that you know what i mean and they won't need that anymore after yeah, that see, that's they know like how many they can take double benefit man you can it use is. it for try it's to actually, find out where your uh, your line's at it's actually a really good tool yeah now that you tool, put yeah. now that you put but it you, out there like that it's like they're not promoting it in that way either they would never because that would you know that would promote more drug use actually you know being too high is bad experience it is a bad experience it's just like being too drunk right if you were too drunk and you knew you couldn't drive home and you could take something so you could drive home once you take it fuck yeah yeah, you would you'd be like oh i'm too drunk i'm gonna take my high down right now it's called eating bread and crackers and shit never in my life besides that one time would i ever think about saying i was too high but i was too fucking high but dude you did rso 
Yeah. That's like super concentrated. Man. Dude, that's I didn't like, know. Man, I know, <laughs> that's dude. Stuff, yeah. And that's, you know, I feel bad. I, I should have. We should have went over that a little bit before yeah, you, you did it. Yeah. Yeah, How much did you take, Dave? How much RSL did you take? About three uh, sizes of a grain of rice. No kidding. Yeah. Dang. That must have been really strong, man. That was awful, man. He was, like, in bad shape. I felt bad for my buddy, but you made it through it. I, th- I it made you stronger. I haven't, I haven't smoked weed in, like, 10 years either, so right. I had no tolerance, and I thought... I thought my tolerance was going to be more, but it, it wasn't. Did you, uh, what was your weirdest experience? Did you have like any out of body experience or like you were going to pass out, but you actually were, no, you just, thought you were asleep and I you was were just awake. Dying. I was just dying. You were just dying. Yeah, just dying. It's like, Oh shit. Felt like you couldn't breathe and all that. Was it yeah, anxiety? Heart, heart going that? crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah, dude. One of these pills would have definitely hooked you Fuck, up yeah. then. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten, I get that way within about one minute of smoking a bit of like a really uh, heavy indica. If I smoke like a heavy indica, like a chem dog or a cherry pie or something like that. Within the first few minutes, I get my heart starts racing a little bit. I get kind of sweaty, but then I just kind of uh, just kind of let it naturally reassure myself like, all right, it'll be all right. Just in a minute. And usually it tapers down into a, you know, heavy snack in a nap about an hour later or so. But <laughs> that's usually the way it goes for those indicas. So I think it's, it might be what was in that RSO too. It might not just be the fact it was RSO, but maybe it was a strain that you're not compa- you know, that you're not compatible with. That's possible. Because that's, you know, people find certain things that they like. I just think I just went too heavy, man. Probably. That just seems like it doesn't seem heavy, but that's a lot. Did you have anyone around you trying to give you like weird advice and stuff? Like take a cold shower. No, no. My my wife, my wife (laughs) sent me to the bedroom and I got on Google trying to figure out how to get on high. (laughs) (laughs) Man, too bad that guy couldn't come up with that stuff earlier. You would have found that right away. Dude, this is a good thing. I, I really think. I give it up to the parachute drug by the Michigan scientist there. I think it is, man. Steve Goldner. Yeah. Good job, Gets Steve. Gets my thumb of approval for sure. It's like, you know, you know maybe, there's a lot of drugs that shouldn't be on the market legally, in my opinion. This this is okay. And it's from pure, it's a Michigan company. It's pure green. You know, they grow. They, they've been in the medical game for a while. Now they got a tablet you put under your tongue. It's amazing shit, man. I like it. I like it a lot. Michigan on the map again. Michigan on the map with the hemp. I'm excited about this hemp industry coming in here. I got to formulate a team to get into this shit, so we got to talk about that in the future. The hemp is where it's at, everybody. This I know cannabis is good. Cannabis is, you know, people are buying into the medical, but I'm here to tell you that in Michigan, they fucked this whole cannabis legalization experiment up and they've been very slow to fix it so they're already ruining it right it's like they haven't even been messing with it for that long and dude they've been into this law for three years now and they don't even have stores that have product in them they don't even have can't stay open for more than a few months at a time you know it's crazy and then you know the the price of it's so expensive 
they just fucked. I mean, they just really did it ass backwards. They really did. They tried to make it a, they tried to make it a business fucking venture, a business driven law. Dude, I drove through Bay city last week. There was nine dispensaries in that little city. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. You think, I mean, it's kind of saturating it. Well, that's because um, every county, every municipality can control how many they want. And Bangor County is uh, one of those ones that, um, or Bangor Township, actually, sorry. They're the ones that gave a lot of licenses. So did Pink County. There's like, and Bay City itself. I think Bay City has a 50 license cap. Yeah. I get that a lot, man. So you have yeah, everybody. It depends from, on the counties, you know. Counties over here on the on the west side of Michigan, they um, but people are, a lot of them don't stay a lot of them don't stay open because you know just because the city councils don't like the thought of legalized cannabis, they still try to keep it at bay. You know what I mean? So it's really uh, their bias has is basically keeping them blind. So I mean, the people have spoken, you know, but they just don't want to come through. They don't really want to, you know, keep an open mind about everything. You know, it's a, it's a different mentality depending on where you're at, you know, in the area. So, it's also a thing that is is not mark, truly market driven because now the reason why so many dispensaries can survive in Bay City is because Saginaw don't have any. You know, or or uh, ah. other, you know, there's other counties and townships that voted out of it. There's a lot of. There's a lot of cities and, and townships out there that voted completely out of marijuana. They don't want, they don't want medical marijuana. They don't want recreational marijuana. But the thing is, they got to keep in mind, medically, it's still legal to people if you get a card, which means you can grow your own marijuana, you can smoke your own marijuana anyway, and if you're 21 and over, you can have it and grow it too. So why wouldn't you yeah, want to embrace law, it? That law can't be touched, right? That's not no. That law can't be touched. You're if so, you're in Michigan, you get you have residential, you know, you want recreational marijuana, you can grow your own amount. You can have so much in your possession. You know, there's rules behind it, but you can still do it. So why would you even so if I'm a municipality, I'm gonna say, I don't want this in my I don't want these weed stores in my county or in my township. We're gonna vote them down like Saginaw Township. They did it right away. They they rushed it there, they voted out, they don't want but what they don't understand is there's still people growing it. There's still people smoking it. There's still you're there's still residents and there always will be that yeah. need it in your community, yeah. but you're going to ignore yeah. them because you want some kind of, you think it's going to affect the rest of your community in a bad way. Like then you don't know anything about it. You can have a liquor store, you know, within a mile of another liquor <laughs> store all throughout your whole township. And you know, people can, you know, buy liquor and drink liquor in your township. It's not a dry township. Mm -mm. So that's okay. And you know what? We always can go back to alcohol. That's always going to be the yeah. anchor of any yeah, of my arguments because it's just, for sure. it shows how fucking stupid everything is. You know, how stupid these people that are running shit, they try to, they do this and they don't realize it, but it's up to them. All they're doing is creating a bigger black market. Because now the people it's in Saginaw. probably the most effective circular argument you can use on the war on drugs. You know what I mean? Like what's if that? If you don't want to talk bad about cannabis, you can just go right back to look at what is legal. You know what I mean? 
tobacco and alcohol kill half a million people in this country alone every year. Like, right. And if you really want to break it down to the bare bones of the argument, you could be like donuts kill more people than fucking all that shit. We did a thing. Right. Honey buns, not honey buns. Sugar <laughs> kills more people than heroin. <laughs> honey buns. <laughs> you know hey, what I mean? I used to be hooked on honey buns. You know what I'm saying? But that's the thing. Like, I, what you do to yourself should be that person's business. As long as they aren't harming anybody else, then it should be fine. Um, or inflicting on someone else's property or, you know, their rights or whatever. Um of a, someone can eat Tide Pods for all I care, you know. It's just uh, really sad how we just think we have to control what people do because you can't, you know. You just can't. People are going to do what they want. People like to smoke bud. People like to do coke and party. People like to drink. People like to smoke cigarettes. So what are you going to do about it? You know, you can't even throw them in jail. You're going to lock them in a cage. Right. Revenue. Yeah, you yeah. gotta look at the uh common factor. Yeah, it's a different there. type of revenue. I mean it just tax everything instead, but uh, they like throwing people in cages more, so they wanna control you. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, the control is the big thing. Yeah. It's not let it's not letting the people, you know, enjoy things that they want to enjoy. Instead it's telling people what they should be enjoying, you know. Exactly. And this is the risk. Like, you, we're not just going to suggest you get help or try to get you, you know, moving in a different direction or maybe a different economic opportunity for you or something. Instead, you know, your life is ruined. And yep. that's the saddest part is there's been many people. We're fortunate to live in a state where cannabis is legal 100% to anybody that wants to smoke it over 21. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But how many people, you know, stood in jail or sat in prison for years right? because of it? Yeah. You know, a time is something you can never get back either. Those people's, we got to call for those people's records to get exonerated right now. Absolutely. Even the ones in Every Canada. One the ones in Canada yep. still haven't been exonerated. And that's a national law. That's, that's a bad. national law. That's a law. That's wow. the first G5 uh, country to legalize cannabis, you know, recreationally. And they still haven't taken all their prisoners that they um, unlawfully imprisoned for, uh, for years, for months. And what about Rick Simpson? Poor Rick Simpson. He couldn't even grow to make his Rick Simpson oil. They threw the fucking book at him when he was trying to make his cancer. When he was trying to save his own life. His cancer curing Rick Simpson oil that he yeah. that he came up with. He's trying yeah. to do scientific studies to help cure cancer. And you kick him right. out of your country and want to throw him in prison for that. He had to go over to Croatia. Then, then This is the thing. You're either 100% in or you're not. If you're going to make something legal, make it fucking legal. Don't make it legal with all your bullshit restrictions and everything else. Because guess what just happened? The black market in Canada is booming. Everybody grows their own butt in Canada. Nobody's buying no dispensary taxed shit. Sorry yep. if, you, if you grow for dispensaries, but it's not impressive. It's not. You got your best bud being grown by the people every day that give a shit about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Off my soapbox. <laughs> I'm going to step down.
That was a beautiful rant. Thank you. With that, I think we're going to get going, man. Thanks for being on the show, bro. Appreciate it. I had a blast shit. once again. Hope you had a great fourth. Hey, you know, happy 4th of July to everybody listening to this. We didn't come out with one in time for the 4th, but we had a great fucking time. We're damn close, though. Hell yeah. Happy birthday to our country. It's the greatest country. And uh, we're all lucky to be born here. So we're taking it for advantage. I just said that all fucked up.